greetings and welcome to Church Talk podcast. It is my joy and my honor to welcome each and every one of you. If you're here, it's because you're a pastor or a leader or in one way or the other serving in your local church, serving in the specific roles and responsibilities that God has given you that your leaders have entrusted you with. And my prayer is that the Lord will use this podcast that we do every 3 weeks to really equip you strengthen you make sure that you're doing your job of being a pastor being a church planter with the highest quality with the highest standard today i have a dear friend of mine who is a guest on this podcast she's been on one of our podcasts before we did a conversation on leadership and she's back with us all the way from toronto in canada please help me welcome ajin Uh, she's been a dear friend of mine for a very very long time all the way from my time in mumbai and then she moved to bangalore she lived in bangalore for a season and currently she lives in canada and, and we are very excited to have her on the podcast welcome here rajin would you just want to say a hi to our listeners absolutely it is so great to be with you priji and it's almost as if not a beat um since we met up in mumbai last good to be with you um i'm sure you have a keen audience and i'm happy um and it's an honor to share whatever i've learned um and i'm optimistic that it will uh, bless the hearers amen amen i know how the lord has been putting on your heart to uh, start these bible study groups and you've been learning scripture along with people there and you had this passion from a very young age you know i've seen that in all of our conversations i've seen that in your lifestyle how you love the word of god how you enjoy studying and memorizing the word of god how you love to listen to men of god who love the word of god themselves too i'd like to understand from your perspective what should be the goal of studying scripture what should be the reason why we study scripture what should be our motivation or the agenda with which we study scripture is it just to preach is it just to teach others is it only to share a special quote or a revelation on facebook what should be the real reason for every christian to devote himself or herself to studying scripture that's a great question and it's one i have thought of in some form or the other i would say studying scripture is its own reward far too often the everyday person or pastors or ministers only look at scriptures as a means to an end either they want to share it with somebody which is of course a great objective but they then detach the application of scripture to themselves i feel that you have to worry less about what is this passage saying to me and simply read scripture systematically wanting to know the god of the scripture what was the purpose behind the scripture what does the scripture say to its original audience and i heard this quote from a preacher and he said the first interpretation of a passage always belongs to its original recipient i think the mistake that we are all prone to making me included is that you read at anything without being mindful of its context you try to make it relevant to you scripture reading is valuable and meaningful only if it has something to say to you only if there is something that jumps at you only if there is something that directly applies to a situation that you are going through 
But I like to think of scripture, and I think it is true that it is hard work. You have to dig through the depths of scripture, and sometimes all of its treasures are not instantaneously accessible to you. It takes laborious work. It is hard work. You read through it systematically, and over a period of time, there are connections that become more obvious to you. And I think it is a good principle to remember because, you know, none of us would approach any great work of literature or a textbook on quantum physics expecting to instantly get everything at the very first read. We expect that this is going to be hard and painstaking work. We'll have to plumb its depths for us to be able to lay a solid foundation. How much more true is that of scripture? It is lifelong systematic study. So it is important to start with the basics um, and expect nothing more than to understand the purposes that God wrote scripture to its original audience. And of course, we know that it has relevance and application to people across all cultures, all times. And of course, it will have very meaningful and deep things to say to our particular situation as well. But don't start there and don't limit yourself to only that expectation. I think that what you said is many of us, we do limit ourselves to only sharing it to others or the need to preach or the need to teach someone else who is going through a particular situation. And then we are searching through the scriptures just for an answer for that particular problem. And then our study of scripture becomes limited rather than just going into scripture with an open heart and just a loving scripture to interpret itself and a loving scripture to speak to us personally first and and just a loving scripture to mold and shape us. How important is it for us to really spend time uh, in developing a strategy on how we study scripture to carve out principles and practices and routines to study scripture? Because some of us, we are very spontaneous or random in our Bible study. Today, I feel like reading this so I read this today, I feel like just, you know, studying this portion of scripture, so I do it. And I do believe that the Lord can speak to you personally from any portion of scripture. There is definitely the devotional aspect of, you know, reading the scripture where God can use certain things to speak to you. How a study requires you to be strategic and intentional and purposeful. So I'm just wondering, how do you do it? Like, what is your practices? How do you recommend others to study scripture for themselves? What ways can they be strategic and purposeful about this study? Yeah, that's a great question too. And I think a lot depends on people's individual backgrounds as well. I have had the great privilege of being raised in a solidly biblical church. So from a very young age, I was exposed to what it means to systematically study the Bible and why it's important. So I had that habit early on, but I can totally appreciate when someone is new to Christ. I remember having a conversation with someone and they're like, oh, is that how the story ends? Like they hadn't gotten to the end of the Gospels. So it was remarkable for me to, you know, look at the Gospels through the lens of someone who is reading it for the first time, who is newly born again. Um, so I would say that it's good to have a little bit of variety so that Bible reading does not become monotonous. But above all else, commit to wanting to read scripture every day. Now, every day you may not be able to devote time to a deep study, 
but that is okay you know what would work best in your schedule for me because i had a very busy corporate life i needed to find time outside of my daily end of the day or prior to beginning the day scripture reading and that can be you know your light devotional reading can be a mix of psalms proverbs or even smaller passages from sequential reading but you can reserve you know friday nights saturdays for a more systematic study of the bible let's say and the and the good thing is that there are so many helpful plans to help us uh for example a couple of years ago i did a chronological bible study so it's not basically the order in which the bible is compiled the bibles we have today but it's chronologically arranged um and you have these apps and these plans to guide you and i essentially used to read smaller passages daily but do a larger chunk of the reading on saturdays and sundays where i had the time not only read to read through that passage but also to go through like a study bible and to read additional notes just to expand my understanding of the passage that i was reading it's also important to you know have a goal to stick with bible in a year absolutely helpful do that but maybe you don't want to do that year after year maybe the following year is when you want to not really commit to the length of the study but rather just take a few books and then commit to studying them deeper and i really enjoyed that as well so you know i would pick books of the bible that were my favorites ruth or esther or jona and then mix that up with books from the new testament as well and then go through them a little more slowly so i would say find out what works for you use one or two commentaries good respected commentaries good study bibles i would recommend the esv study bible and then start with the bible in a year but in the following year maybe you want to identify one or two bible books that really stood out to you as you were reading it for the first time and explore that a little deeper dive deeper and i would say as supplemental reading always go through psalms or proverbs because there is something that is so universal about those books not that the rest of the scriptures aren't but you would always glean a lot regardless of the time um whether deep or light there's something about psalms that is incredibly refreshing so i would find a way to meaningfully weave that in your daily reading of scripture and maybe this needn't be said but i've also met people who have limited themselves to reading scripture two days a week i would like to say that respectfully that is not enough because it's not nearly enough to help you gain anything meaningfully out of it and remember what i said earlier if you were approaching a great work of art you know that it's nearly not enough so for you to be able to um gain practical insights and to wet your appetite whatever you devote your time on you will develop a deeper appetite for so if you restrict yourself to reading it twice weekly then it's not a surprise that you know you are not finding your appetite growing but if you go through it systematically commit to it let it be just 15 20 minutes or even 10 minutes if that's all your flexible allows but go through it daily as much as possible um you will find that your appetite is actually developing and you've vetted it sharpened it and you yourself have a greater clarity with which to approach it the following week so i would say that you know like the daily touch point 
is as important as how deep you go absolutely i i like that point that you said uh, the the more you wet your appetite the more you eat the more hungry you get the more your appetite grows and that's so important because uh, as children when we eat less when they we grow up to be adults our appetite is also very less uh, compared to the other kids who eat like a lot in their childhood their appetite when they grow up is still a lot because uh, their hunger is very dependent on how much they eat in their growing stages and like you rightly said it's so necessary to eat the word regularly there is definitely a big difference between uh, how we eat the word how we receive just an encouragement for us personally and how we study scripture and like you rightly said we may not get time to study scripture every day but we should still pursue that one or two days in a week where we could study scripture intentionally go deeper look for references across look for other people who have spoken or written about it and and find insights now bringing this to the context that all of our audience today are people who are leading in their respective churches or small groups or services how different is it when you're studying scripture alone compared to when you're doing it in a group setup you know because Uh, there is going to be time limitations there's going to be people with different levels of growth and different journey that they've had in their relationship with god in their study with scripture uh, people who are not saved or who don't yet have the same revelation you have about scripture maybe in that group what are some things that you need to be aware of when you're trying to lead a bible study in a group yeah i'm thinking of my own experience so when i came to canada i was actually looking for a group like this that would meet i mean of course friendships would be developed but have conversations around the bible and not finding anything like that i prayed and decided to start one and i have been at it for i want to say a little over 3 years now um and to your point the group that shows up is a very mixed group i know there are people in the faith who are much older who know way more than i do but there are also others who are biblical novices who are fairly new in their christian walk and others who are there mostly out of curiosity like they come from a hindu background i also had someone come from a muslim background so they're curious so if i'm speaking about the prophet jeremiah and if you're studying about the prophet jeremiah or any one of the prophets or kings david how is that different from what the quran has to say about the same prophet or king so yeah levels of understanding can vary and that may not be true for every one of the groups that you know the pastors and the leaders that are listening to us right now might be a part of maybe you're doing a small group as part of your church and maybe it's a very doctrinally sound church um and maybe more or less everybody is at the same footing having said that i think it's best to not assume the levels of understanding of your audience um because even if everyone has been coming to the same church for years for various reasons everyone's understanding is going to vary again i think i don't know who said it but you know they said we don't need new instruction as often as we need reminders so it's never too often you can't reinforce or repeat 
the foundations of our faith, the fundamentals, far too much. So it's good to revisit the basics. Um, and I think it's also helpful to be mindful of your audience. So you might have to tone up or down your message a little bit. And the last thing that I want to say about having a Bible study in a group setting is, now everyone is going to have an opinion because everyone possibly also comes from different denominational backgrounds if they're new to your church. If you are in a position of leading that group, then you know you have to be careful about respectfully how much of control do you want to yield to the audience because you don't want to have your discussion go off in tangentially different routes. Um, so you will have to be the moderator who brings everything back to the center, brings everyone back to the theme of the discussion that's in front of you. So if you're the leader, you have to be a smart moderator, but never be hesitant to revisit the basics. That's very important. I, I'd like to ask a follow-up question because some of our groups may be based on a particular topic, you know, especially in a season, they're studying a particular aspect of faith or, uh, you know, another topic that they are focusing on in the church. The topic of the Bible study may be revolving around a topic or sometimes in some of our churches, what we do is so we study a portion of the scripture, like we study a book at a time. And uh, the Old Testament books don't go very long as the New Testament books do. Um, the New Testament books sometimes take uh, much more longer time to complete uh, because uh, of the amount of content that we focus on. So my question is, how do we prepare differently for different things? You know, when you're studying a topic, it's much more easier to focus and stay on course, especially in a Bible study group. But when the uh, vastness of studying an entire book is in front of you, you, you can tend to go all over the place because the scripture can interpret in so many different directions and it can take you on a journey into history or into prophecy or into just specific doctrinal, theological uh, you know, development of uh, principles, you know, for the New Testament church. Now, how do we prepare that well so that we're not just, you know, going all over the place, especially because in a group Bible study, you're limited with time. You're limited with a particular, you know, setup or a setting, you know, where it's not easily flexible because if you're not consistent with a particular time, it'll be hard for people to commit to that time every week. So with all those limitations in mind, how do you plan your Bible study well? Yeah, I would say, first of all, I'm just happy. If there are Bible studies that are studying from the Old Testament, I am thrilled to hear that. Because unfortunately, a lot of churches, whether they do it intentionally or not, because there is so much desire to be, you know, culturally relevant, they think that we should restrict ourselves to the New Testament. And unfortunately, that has also led to a mindset among Christians that the God of the Old Testament is somehow different from the God of the New Testament. And it's the God of the New Testament that we follow. They forget the essential continuity of the Old and the New Testament. Um, and Jesus is, you know, he is in the Old Testament as well. And Jesus revered and pointed to the Old Testament as scripture. And if you want to be comprehensive in your understanding of the New Testament, you ignore the Old Testament at your peril. 
So if you're a Bible study who studies the Old Testament, I want to commend you, first of all. To your second point, absolutely. That is a challenge that I face as well because I do these Bible studies. These are 90 minutes long and I take a book at a time. That's what I've been doing for the last two years. And right now I'm going through Ezekiel. How do you contain Ezekiel, which is, to begin with, the most overlooked book in all of the Bible? And how do you restrict it to two or three 90-minute sessions? So that's where I would say preparation is key. Um, it is important to do a historical, cultural background setting because most people are so unfamiliar that it will serve them well to know the context in which Ezekiel was written, whose original audience was, the life and times of the people, what were they going through at the time, who were the world superpowers, all of that context setting is absolutely important. Else it becomes very dry text um, that people find very hard to relate to. Um, so I would say break down your book into background, key themes, lessons learned, what it applies, how does it apply to us today, and then pretty much stick to that script. There might be some deviation because, you know, people will have questions. They will bring up something that the leader has never thought of or is possibly hearing of for the first time and the group as a whole is enriched. But I would say critical is the preparation. Have a plan at hand. Don't just wing it. I'm not saying that anybody will. But make sure that you're not just going in extemporaneously. Delve into your material with a lot of prayer. Do a lot of study. But leave some room for flexibility. Um, it's not necessary that, you know, oh, I have prepared all of this material and I have to get to it at all costs. There have been times that I've skipped through a bunch of slides. That's okay because, you know, people built on what the others had to say. And ultimately, all of us were better off for it. But do not neglect preparation. Approach passages of scripture with a lot of prayer. Um, the last thing I will say is we live in an era of superabundance. I mean, it's we have a wealth of knowledge. There is no excuse for, you know, not doing your homework. And there are so many good resources to benefit from. So, yeah, we live in um, absolutely amazing times. Awesome. I, I completely agree with you, Arjun. I, I want to also ask you this, like when you're studying together in a group, a leader may have his perspective and the leader may take some time to teach and share and to help others engage with the content that he's bringing based on what he has studied and what he has, you know, understood. Now, there's also a big aspect of involving your audience, right? Like where you could get them to ask questions, you could get them to discuss, share their opinions, to help them engage with the content that you're bringing week after week. And sometimes in this discussion and this conversation we find some beautiful practical lessons that we can take back and we of course we glean off of each other's understanding and wisdom from that portion of scripture so uh, would you have any practical tips to help our leaders uh, to help their uh, group to open up in a conversation you know to engage with the content to engage to respond back what kind of assignments or homework can they give their group during the week between their meetings? Uh, what ways can the group also be equally participating as much as the leader is preparing? Yeah, and I think part of my answer is actually hidden in your question, but I'll come to it. I think, you know, because I lead such a mixed group, 
Um, for me, it is important to constantly check whether my audience is with me. Um, so typically what I tend to do is pause, ask if there are any questions or if there are any observations. You know, what from what we've discussed so far is striking to you or what has stood out to you? Is this the first time you're hearing of it? Or is this similar to what we're seeing in our culture today? And I'm just going off, you know, our study of the book of Ezekiel. You know, people were despairing, they were despondent, and they were latching on to false prophets. They would much rather hear a message of unfounded optimism than the bleaker message that Ezekiel had. It, it was ultimately realistic. It had solid hope founded in the one true God. But it was very parallel to our situation today where you find, you know, people, they just want a break from everything that's going on around them. So they want a message that will tickle their ears. So, you know, that generated a lot of conversation because people were instantly able to, whether or not they were going to church, they could find something that was a parallel in culture. So it helps to make it relatable. Um, ask them to think about something that they are experiencing or have come across in culture today. I find that that's usually like a good conversation opener. And the other thing is also, I think even if people are not contributing, if you ask them to pause, reflect, think about it, and think through the week, people will usually respond and come back in a subsequent session. Uh, you said something about homework and assignment. I think the lives that we lead are so busy that even if we asked people to um, do a study of their own, I find that people may not necessarily do that. But I think if you lay strong foundation, you would have tweaked their curiosity so that they will go back and read from Ezekiel at their own time. And you will find that the next conversation and the next conversation and the conversation after that is richer because they've read the passage for themselves. So I would say always encourage people to go back to scripture, even if you don't give them solid assignments to do background study of their own or to do research of their own. People may or may not do that, depending on their, I guess, levels of interest and grounding in scripture. But if you, if you pique their curiosity and if you encourage them to do biblical study of their own, then you will find that more often than not, they have read the passage at their own time and they will come back better prepared the next time. Awesome. Awesome. One last question before we conclude for today. This is difficult because sometimes different people have different ways to look at the same scripture. Our upbringing, our exposure, the kind of people we study and the kind of people we learn from, it uh, always influences the way we study scripture. And so in a group setting, it can happen that there are conflict of opinions and conflict of understandings. Uh, two people may see the same scripture from different light. And uh, I have seen Bible study groups turn into full-fledged debate centers. And, you know, and uh, then everybody's trying to argue for their side of the uh, belief system. And the other person is saying, no, you've got it completely wrong. Now, as a leader, how important is it for you to make sure that the discussion in your group doesn't go out of hand? Second, how can you still help your people to have difference of opinions that they can actually think for themselves and they can believe what God has convicted them about and yet not disrespect someone else or dishonor someone else or 
lose the relationship you know uh, because of the uh, argument or because of the debate or because of a change in belief system that's important because i've seen how people have lost relationships and bible study groups have broken up just because they couldn't see eye to eye on a particular topic and uh, in the new testament church there were people who did not actually have the same opinion about different things and yet they could commune together yet they could sit on the same table yet they could love each other serve each other uh, so my final question is how do you manage to do that in a small bible study group listen priji i have no idea what you're talking about because this has never happened to me <laughs> <laughs> obviously i'm kidding i'm i'm i mean there is pentecostal fire in each of our discussions it's a it's a great question and honestly it's something that i'm still learning i think fundamental to approaching this as a leader is to be okay with someone disagreeing with you in the first place because we all have strong opinions especially if we've been raised in the church we've heard one viewpoint for most of our lives and if someone challenges that it's uncomfortable what i've learned over the course of the 3 years is that a when discussions go too far out of the main theme you can guide people back you can say that's a good point but i think we should reserve that for a later time because i still want us to stick to the theme and i think most people understand that let me give you another example i was doing a study on the book of daniel and daniel has got you know the the latter half of daniel becomes very very richly historically detailed you know and i take a very literal view of scripture there is a very clear prediction of the second coming of the messiah that the messiah would have to come and die before the second temple was destroyed and then a lot of historical details about future kings in those so called silent years and i had someone say that you know well this is not how they understand all of those chapters because they are not literal they're figurative and they're symbolic so what i had to do was make a good case for why i believed that these should be understood literally point to historical fulfillments but then also be charitable and say that you know i think christians throughout the ages have differed in their understanding of these passages um so that gives someone room to voice their opinion but also this is not the hill to die on but on the other hand i think there are some fundamentals that we must agree on and there you know as leaders as church leaders um there is that clarity no i think this is something that we must absolutely be clear on and again to give you an example you know there was someone who said that I think the god of the old testament is harsh and vengeful and vindictive um and I'm so glad for the god of the new testament and there the leader has to step in because this is foundational to your faith um you know you have reason to examine your faith if you think the god of the old testament is different from the god of the new testament then absolutely that is a battle worth fighting then you have to you know maybe not derail the entire discussion but pull that sister or brother apart and have a deeper conversation with them so some principles are you know no which is fundamental versus a secondary issue um know what has to be tackled right there and then versus what can be managed offsite or offline and then lastly i would say as a leader you know just just be humble 
it's okay to be challenged. It's okay for multiple people to have a variety of opinions. Say that, well, this is how this passage has been understood throughout history. This is orthodoxy. This is what I believe. Um, and I'm available if you want to have a deeper conversation. Um, you know, speak with us. Let's have a separate deeper dive at a subsequent session without, uh, you know, derailing the entire discussion. But I think the last part is really important. It's something that I had to be okay with, especially when I tackle cultural issues. You know, there are so many hot button issues, abortion, gender, sexuality. And I find that people who are not as grounded in scripture have started a bit of a dumpster fire in the chat if it's like a virtual meeting. Um, then I have to bring everybody back. No, these things we do not deviate from. It is not a matter of having your own opinion. Ultimately, regardless of how uncomfortable it makes you, your only starting point and ending point has to be, well, what does the Bible have to say? And if the Bible has spoken on the issue, then it is I that has to alter my mind and make all of the adjustments that I need to, to make my view align with scripture. Other things are more vague, more generic. And I think as believers, sometimes we also have some liberty, knowing that strong believers have had different interpretations without that being construed as heretical. And in all of that, just ask God to taper and tone your personality so that you know you can be the right person to lead the Bible study through a variety of these discussions. Thank you, Ajahn. I thoroughly enjoyed having this conversation with you, and I'm sure that all of our uh, listeners and viewers, they have been blessed as well. I'm sure some of them would want to get in touch with you just to get into a conversation on what you do and how you do these things. And if they live in the Toronto area or they are in different parts of the world, but they want to tune into your Bible study, how can they get in touch with you or how can they reach out to you? Yeah, I think you can find me on the group that I'm leading. It's called The Bible Applied. So you will find it on themeetup.com or even on Facebook. Um, you can also send me an email, ajin, A-J-I-N-0, the number zero, abraham, at gmail.com. I'm accessible and I'm always learning, so you will probably end up teaching me more than I'm able to tell you. So feel free. Thank you so much, Ajin. It was such a joy to have you on the podcast one more time. And God bless you guys. If you're blessed, make sure to share this podcast with someone else who is studying scripture, who is passionate about studying scripture, who is passionate about teaching scripture in a group setup especially. Uh, and I'm sure that we can have more deeper conversations on how to do this well, how to do this better. And if you have any follow-up questions, leave it in the show notes, leave it on the Spotify channel, and we'd love to engage in a conversation. God bless you. We'll see you again in three weeks. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Hope you were blessed. Do visit pastorpreji.com slash podcast to subscribe for more resources related to church and various topics. 